Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Tyler Pigott is the founder and chief growth officer at Loan for Creative, a completely remote 18-person inbound marketing team. And today we're going to ask his advice on growing our teams and pitfalls that we can avoid along the way. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. There, yeah. There you go. Hey, and you know what? We're going to actually pick from our conversation cards today. We got would you rather's and open-ended questions. So I'm going to go ahead and randomly pick here so that we can get to know you a little bit better and uh, break the ice, as they like to say. Sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite season and why? Oh, that's a great question. Man, I like all the seasons, but if I had to pick one around here, so I live in the Pacific Northwest, south of Seattle, and Mm -hmm. the summertime is like the glory months. It kind of reminds you of why you waited through all the rain Mm. and the dark gray and all that kind of stuff. So the summertime is definitely my favorite. Outside all the time, on the water, playing, you know, playing golf or hanging out, riding a bike or whatever. Um, I love being outside. So I've been to uh, Seattle three times and okay. Portland once. Yeah. When I was in Portland, it was like rainy and gloomy for like two weeks straight, you know, it was miserable. And then the first time I went to Seattle, rainy and gloomy. The second time I went to Seattle, I'm like, why would anybody want to live here? <laughs> and then on the third time, it was like sunny and beautiful. And you could see this little like mountain volcano thing off in the distance. And I was like, whoa, this place is like heaven on earth. <laughs> it's just always just hidden all the time. Totally. It's like July through September. It's like, yes. And we ter- generally try to tell people not to come during that time because then they'll just want to move. Um, <laughs> right. But there is some rough months here too. So Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, my favorite, I would say my personal favorite ho- um, uh, season is fall. Um, I got married in the fall and in Colorado where I'm at, uh, you know, the leaves start changing. There's like this crisp in the air. And, uh, it's just, it, it's funny cause as things are dying is when I feel like so alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great quote. We're going to, uh, we're going to write that one down. When things are dying, I feel so alive. <laughs> I was just going to say the office season one is my favorite season. I don't know if you guys oh, like that one. Look, it's very, see, very, there's a lot of different ways you could take that. <laughs> exactly. Like that. It's, it's a very uncomfortable season, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> and if you don't like The Office, it's great because it's only like six episodes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Tyler, I'm super glad you're on the, on the show. Uh, just to set the stage a little bit of why uh, I really wanted to talk to you is so I have a company called Knapsack. It's a web design company. Uh, right now, we are currently six people. We just went from five to six people. And I've been hovering around f- that kind of size for the last several years. And I, I really like that size of team. I feel like it's somewhat manageable. There's a lot of things I really enjoy about having a small team. Um, but what I'm thinking about is, should I grow my team? You know, Should I make my team larger? And I want to know, you know like, what are some of the pitfalls I might find along that way? So that's kind of the whole like reason I have this conversation is to learn more about what it's like running a larger team. And since you have a larger team, I would love to ask you a lot of questions about that. I know Mark is in a somewhat similar situation. I'd say, Mark, would you agree you're kind of like on that verge of like thinking about a bigger team or 
Where are you at with that? Yeah, I think one of the things I always get caught up in is this idea of, you know, when I first started um, 12 or 13 years ago now, uh, it was just me running gun. And then I, um, you know, was doing it part-time kind of side hustle. And then I got to the place where I was full-time and it was still me running gun, spinning all the plates. And then I started to get so much work where I was like, okay, I need to bring in some people and to kind of help me manage all this work that I was doing. And so, uh, you know, slowly started growing the team. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, man, I really enjoy the autonomy and the freedom that I have. I've been able to work myself out of all the uh, doing, if you will, and more focus on, um, you know, team building and, 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 um, and business development, different things like that. And, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that part of it as far as, you know, doing research and trying to figure out different markets and, um, you know, looking at the finances and the budgets and all that other kind of stuff. And so uh, part of me is like, okay, I'm in this really comfortable place. So if I grow this thing, will I turn into a job all of a sudden where I have like <laughs> too much stuff to do? And then it's like, oh man. So I guess that's kind of, yeah, where, where I'm at. It's kind of where it's like, well, I do want more money. So I need to grow in order to do that. But then I also don't want to rob myself of all the autonomy and freedom I've created. Yeah. Yeah. These are great. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Soul searching here. Yeah. It totally is. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like, and I know that we're going to dive into some like maybe more targeted specific questions, but kind of overall, I feel like for me, it was, what do you, what do you want to build? Like what, what excites you? Like, what's the thing that you get up out of bed and you're excited to build? And I know for me, my personality is wired as a builder. So the minute I start to kind of transition into maybe like maintenance, if you will, I hate that word, but at the same time, mm -hmm. like it kind of shifts to that at some point, Yeah, I kind of get bored and I know I've got a little bit of a shelf life as far as how long I'll last. And so I knew that. And then I think the second piece of it for me was, I feel like for most of my career, I've always had this vision of being able to build something that's out of reach and what I personally can do. And so it can be as simple as, you know, a design for, you know, you know, for, you know, a design for a website. And it's like, oh, I, I want this, this feature, this function. I want the design to look this way, but I can't quite, you know, use Figma or use Photoshop or whatever to get that. Um, and so then it was like, I think it now like transpose that across every marketing effort. And it was kind of that feel for most of my career. And so for me, it like add those two pieces together of like, I'm a builder, and I can envision things that are bigger than what I can personally create on my own. And it obviously translated into hiring a bunch of people that are amazing at what they do. So um, I kind of that's where it started at. And so I did, for people listening and for you guys, I think it's just, like, hey, what are you good at and what do you want to do? Um, and a lot I feel like I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, they might be in that similar spot where they're, you know, maybe four, four or five, six people on their team and and. I really want to grow. And you kind of ask why. And, and you're like, no, 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 I don't know if you should. You know, I think, I think, you're, I think you're good, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. there's others that are resisting because it it's uncomfortable or mm -hmm. that's really what they want to do, but they don't know what to do next or what, you know, what step to take next. And so yeah. I think it kind of goes back to that a little bit. So explain to me a little bit about how you got to where you are. I mean, in the sense of, you know, where did you come from and what what was that first growing like pain or that first moment where you felt like oh, okay I need to grow? Yeah, yeah, great, great question. I am a big like goals person, so my kind of deal is is like, hey, I can't swim two laps in the pool, but I should probably register for an Ironman. 
You know, it's kind of like that kind of a weird, I don't know, I don't wish that on anyone, but that's kind of a weird personality. Uh, and so I think for me, it's always been like reach for those big, you know, BHAGs, those big, hairy, audacious goals that are out mm-hmm. there that you might not, that are not within reach. You know, it's not, if it's within reach, it's kind of, meh, I guess so, go for it. But that's kind of yeah. just more of a task. Um, and so I think that's been for me. As far as kind of where I come from, um, I spent about 15 years in corporate communications and PR uh, across a couple different companies, biotechs, a couple startups, um, and got the opportunity to run a consumer products division of a company for a, a couple different years or a couple years leading up to what I was doing. And then at probably kind of 2014-ish, beginning of 2015, had the opportunity to kind of transition out of that. And I live in uh, near Seattle. And so you can imagine the big uh, opportunities around here, those Amazons, Googles, Microsofts, uh, Starbucks, you know, those. And if I if you don't want to want to work at those, I was kind of like, well, what do I want to do? What's the what, what's the jobs do I want if I don't want to commute and I don't want to move? And so it was pretty quick for me to, to go, hey, I, I think I might want to try 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 my own gig. And, and, and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I've always wanted to start my own thing. And why not? Let's let's go for it. Um, and so at that point, let's see, my kids were five and three, maybe or four and six, I don't remember the exact math, but roughly there. So it's a horrible time potentially to start a business, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, it made sense at that time for me. And so um, kind of slowly, gradually got into things, you know, one project leads to another. And, you know, if you're saying yes to things, maybe you wish you wouldn't have because they have a paid, you know, checkbook they're going to write you and, yeah. and, and, and pay you for it and such. And so probably not dissimilar to how a lot of people, you know, get started with that. Um, I think for me, I knew that having a team was where I was gifted. Like that's just where I had a talent. I had a skill about building a team and finding the right people and networking and pulling people in. And, and so it was quickly, it was like, oh, I think if I got this project and I like kind of, you know, farmed out this thing, maybe, maybe, maybe I could have a better result at the end and the client might be happier. And then I kind of, you know, fast forward a year or whatever and had kind of a, a team of contractors. And then um, kind of got to that spot and realized, well, man, I'm still the glue that keeps everything together. I still can't take a day off. I still can't miss an email. I still, you know, because it's 100% relied on you and your brand, essentially, individually. And so I think then it was pretty, you know, I guess, uh, I think, Ben, you said earlier, like soul searching, you know, kind of, hey, how do I transition then into maybe not being the, you know, the, the Tyler Pigott show, but like, what is, what is loan for creative actually? Cause you know, mm. there wasn't anything that was separated from my name and who I was compared to what the business was. And so I think I just started chasing down that road and then, uh, then quickly got to where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that makes sense. And I, you know, I, I looked at your website a little bit ahead of time. I know we've talked in person a little bit before, but I would love to know a little bit more about, uh, it seems like you have a really great team culture from what I can tell, you know, from the outside. So I would love to know like what kind of culture you're trying to build in your team and um, like, what do you do intentionally to, to kind of foster that? Yeah. Great question. Um, it's different for every company, and I know that. I, I think for me, uh, I would say I've tried to take the things I didn't like about past jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. just do the opposite. Yeah. Um, but as we've grown, it's gotten to be a bigger deal because it really is. You know, I, I would say it's pretty easy to hire the first person, to be honest. 
because you're kind of like jack of all trades, lots of hats. They're kind of, you know, yeah, I think I could hang out with them. They're great. You know, yeah. and then you grow and grow and grow. And then it's like, you know, for us, you know, person 18 was actually really challenging because they have to fit. They have to fit into their department. They've got to fit in their team. You've got to have multiple people that approve them, you know. So yeah. um, as far as kind of like what we put into the culture, you know, we spend a lot of time or at least I've spent a lot of time over the years really kind of trying to figure out, well, what do I where do I want to work? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just actually like what did, what do I get excited about, you know, yeah. and. I think um, I spent a lot of time in a previous uh, career traveling a lot. So it's kind of, you know, half the month I was gone and on a plane or whatever. And and I didn't like missing stuff for my with my family. And yeah. so I swung <laughs> I swung the opposite direction and like, hey, let's build an office in your house and work at home all the time. <laughs> um, and so that kind of started that remote team and then tried to figure out, well, what does remote culture look like? You know, it's not... You know, you're not reheating lunch together in the in the break room, and you're right. not passing by each other and and uh, going out to lunch or grabbing a coffee or whatever. Like none of that exists because for us, we're across state lines at this point, you know, multiple states, and so um, we've had to kind of just figure that out. And so I think um, I've really valued transparency in past mm-hmm. jobs that I've had, and really been disappointed when there isn't transparency. And so I think for me, that's been a big piece. So just being transparent and being, you know, if if you make a choice, try to educate the person that you that, that might be impacted by that choice and, and and help them along the way, you know. And so I think it's been, you know, that open, honest kind of culture um, has been really big. And I know that those are kind of they're almost like those are bu- buzzwords. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you ways. just specifically. So what would be an example of like, a, you know, what what's not transparency or like what's an example of something where you feel like, hey, most companies wouldn't be transparent in this situation, but Hey, here's, or maybe in past jobs, somebody wasn't transparent with you, but you are like, what are some examples of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would say in past jobs, you know, I remember in a past job kind of being given an, a, a responsibility, but not given authority. And so those are two different things, you know, mm-hmm. responsibility is, Hey, can you do this? And authority is actually being able to get it done and make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, that's been a big piece of it as far as transparency goes, because you're wanting to know once, once you're given that both of those pieces, that responsibility and authority, you're wanting to know why, like, what's mm-hmm. it impacting? What's, yeah. what's going to be the result if I don't do it versus if I do, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is it a financial thing? Is it a freeing up people's time? Is it life or death? Is it, you know, whatever that reasoning is. And so I think we've tried really hard to kind of communicate and process, well, what does success look like? Whether it's a task, whether it's a role, whether it's a season or a quarter initiative or something that we're working on, like what does success actually look like as you're, you know, trying to pass, you know, a task or a thing to somebody else on your team? So I would say that's a piece of transparency. For me, budget really has been. I'm a numbers guy, love spreadsheets. Uh, and um, and so in past jobs that I've had, when people don't share the numbers, um, you're kind of going, well, so did what I do move any needles? Did it, you know, impact the bottom right. line at all? Did it, was it just a, pro-? you know, so the more information generally people have, the more they're willing to dive in or ask more informed and better questions to help make whatever you're, you know, working on even better. And so those are, I guess those are some practical examples, I suppose, of trying yeah. to just include transparency. But now did you, did you always have be- uh, a remote team was that, or did you maybe start with a small office and have some people join you there? And then you had some remote and some local people, or have you always just been like remote? 
Yeah, um, we've always been remote. So we, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, the first person I contractor I hired was in Phoenix, and I'm in, I'm in Seattle area. So mm-hmm. multiple states. You know, I it's always it was always so funny, so practical. Example, obviously recording this in uh, March 2021. A year ago, I remember people like texting me, go, "Hey, have you heard of Zoom?" And you're like, uh, yeah, I've been a paying customer of Zoom for years, you know, and it's just kind of one of those just funny things of people kind of jumping into it. But right. yeah, that's really how it started was, you know, FaceTime or text or whatever, you know, before we jumped into Slack and all those types of tools. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been always been remote and kind of trying to find the best people where we can find them. So Right. And, and is that also to the model as far as built on more of a contractor model than like a full-time W-2 employee or, or what does that look like? Yeah, it used to be for sure. Um, every employee at this point, they're hundred percent W two employees on okay. salary with benefits and all that good stuff. So, um, that was a big change for me in beginning of 2019, I believe we kind of just started converting people and then we've hired people since then. Um, yeah. but a lot of it for me was wanting to build that culture. You know, uh-huh. if you're working with W2s, it's different than if you're working with contractors, you know, yeah. and wanting to be able to get to the spot of where I'm building something and able to pass off responsibility and actually, you know, know that that thing or whatever that whatever it is, is actually yeah. going to get accomplished because those people are being, quote unquote, graded on it, you know. Right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that tonight after I'm done with, totally. you know, going on. It's like, yeah, OK, totally. There's but I kind of need that clients. now. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And that it's been really interesting, too, because honestly, like every time we've hired, that's been a drastic increase in so many different areas every time we've hired someone as a W-2 comparatively to when you find that new contractor. And it is from skill set improvement to efficiencies to capabilities to all those types of things. Compared to like if I just hired a whatever a contract developer or a designer or a copywriter or something, and they're great and we work with some right now because it's great to expand with that and you know and kind of search out people and, and test them if you will as far as their capabilities go. But as we've hired people, the business has grown exponentially every time we've added a W two employee to the mix mm-hmm. because of the fact that they you know you delegate different things and they pick up the ball with different things and you can accomplish so much more when you kind of have access to people, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then is, do you find that that's well received? Like when someone's applying for a job and then it's like, Oh no, you can stay where you are. Is that, do you think well received or people like, Oh, I thought I was going to be able to like come to an office and like hang out with a a, group of cool people. Totally. No, that's a good question. Um, we, I would say it's part of our, you know, vetting process at this point. So we'll go through hundreds of applications uh, at this point. And so, um, you know, you're, you're required to talk about your remote experience and you're required to upload a video and talk about who you are and give us a quick intro and some of the practicals about, you know, if you are working remotely. So I would say it's a kind of a baked in expectation at this point mm-hmm. in both directions. Um, uh, even in the beginning days, I think it was pretty clear that, you know, hey, you're, I don't live where you live and and probably we're not going to have an office, you know, separate places um, kind of deal. So, I, yeah, we've kind of um i would early days yeah it was maybe a couple more conversations around it and then even now it's gotten 10 times easier because so many more people are leaving their jobs if they're going back to an office and they liked working remote or something yeah um so they're looking for it so well and that's the biggest thing i'm trying to like you know figure out because before you know we were a small team we were all in an office space and you know there i think there was some camaraderie there and things like that and then 
when COVID hit and it was like, okay, we all have to work remotely. And then all of our clients are remote too. So every meeting we have, they're in their homes and we're in our homes. And in the past, there was a stigma in my mind of like, okay, if I'm not a company with an actual physical space and a location, then I'm not going to be taken as seriously. And I need to have like my offices, you know, in a certain location in order for me to be legitimate. Um, but I feel like that stigma is kind of going away now, especially with COVID. Um, but I mean, I guess that's just encouraging to hear that you're you're saying, hey, you can build a remote, uh, you know, company or, or a company with all remote employees, and people are happy and and fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the things that I feel like I've learned, and especially even watching over the last year, because so many people ask this question of, oh, you've been remote before, you know, the pandemic. Well, yeah, and and, uh, and a lot of people just start asking, well, how do you do things? And so it's the practicals of staff meetings, or it's meeting with clients. And I we didn't start in an office. So we're didn't, we didn't go, oh, let's get um, Zoom, and let's try to do this, and let's try to have this camera, and let's do this. And, and, and we didn't try to replicate something we used to do in person. And mm-hmm. so for us, it started remotely. And so our processes are remote. Our communications all remotely. Our sales process is remote. We use video in our sales process. We use tool, you know, like, so it was never trying to replace something and then just trying to do it as well as maybe it would have been done in person or or whatever. It's a whole different process for us um, or a whole different kind of creation of a company. So I think that that's been a huge um, I guess, learning process as we've gone, as far as kind of even attracting people that, uh, that are, you know, thinking it'd be cool to work remotely, just because that's just how we roll. It's not, you know, there, there's, we're not losing any like authenticity. We're not losing any excellence, you know, any of those types of things by having a remote team. So yeah, kind of a fun, it's a, it's a funny, a funny deal to figure out though. <laughs> Yeah, we did an episode, episode 52, um, with David Burkus. Uh, it's a two-part episode, 52 and 53, on how to build culture on a remote team. And, you know, he's he's been really pushing in, um, you know, to writing books and, and kind of he's a kind of a thought leader in that space. So if you're listening and you're interested more in about building culture and remote teams, check out episode 52 uh, with David Burkus. All right, we're going to pause this conversation here. Uh, go to thefridayhabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. Uh, There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, Also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at the Friday Habit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>